No purple songs can fly? Welcome to our program, produced by the Children in Treatment at the Texas Children's Cancer and Hematology Centers. Our program is about great music made by some terrific young talents. Now, here are the hosts of Purple Songs Can Fly. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Purple Songs Can Fly on the Voice America Kids Network. We are here at Texas Children's Hospital, and today we will be interviewing Dominic's mother who is right here with us. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, all right. So we're just going to get the ball rolling. Um, first of all, wh- where were you born? Where did you, where did you grow up? That was a long time ago. I'm not sure it's oh. relevant. Um, I was uh, born in Mississippi, but I didn't live there long. Okay. I'm from Alabama, and I've lived in Texas, the Houston area, for 20 years. All right. All right. Well... I'm a fourth-generation Texan, so... <laughs> Dominic was born we need, to get you, we need to get you back to Alabama. We'll get we need there. to get back to Alabama. <laughs> Sweet home, right? Um, <coughs> so, um, how did you find out about Dominic's um, diagnosis? How did you find out something was wrong? He had uh, been tired for months, just but I thought he was just growing and had different issues as sure. a young boy. Just things were changing. But the Sunday before Christmas, when he was 12 years old, he was with the rest of the siblings playing and jumping and climbing trees and jumping out of trees and had a really, really busy, active day. So Monday morning when he woke up and told me that his legs hurt, I thought he just had overdone it Mm -hmm. and told him to take it easy. He said it felt like growing pains, and I said, well, just rest and grow some more. Sure. Tuesday, the next day, he woke up, and he could barely walk. His pain was unbearable. He was not even limping. He was dragging his feet, and he said his stomach hurt. So I took him to a doctor, which for our family is rare. I don't jump to go to the doctors or have things tested, but when Mm. he could barely walk, we needed to go. The doctor ran some blood tests. I think she suspected what was going on just from the way he looked and the way he was walking. Mm. Wednesday morning, the doctor called me and said, we have blood work back. I want you to put him in the car and take him to the emergency room of Texas Children's right now. Oh, my goodness. And I said, well, do I need to make an appointment? Is there somebody I should call? Are you going to call ahead? She said, no, you're going to the ER now. And And that is something that no parent wants to hear. (laughs) Well, I I knew he was sick, so we had to do something. Right. So I stopped by her doctor's office and uh, picked up the blood work, but when I saw the numbers, I... I could pretty much guess what was wrong. So we went straight Mm -hmm. to the emergency room and spent all day Wednesday in the ER. And uh, people were walking around like zombies looking at me, Mm -hmm. afraid to say anything because it takes an oncologist to give that diagnosis. But I kind of knew. And then uh, oncologist finally did come in. And he sat in front of me and he was very calm and the room was quiet. And he said, your son has leukemia. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay. And he just stared at me, waiting for some kind of reaction, some kind of breakdown. And I just said, well, what do we do now? Yeah. 
And uh, so we went from there. What do we did? What we were supposed to Love do? Typical response. You took it well. I, I we took it and well. That's we the took best it well. Way yeah, we both looked at him, just waiting for him to come back with with the uh, the next step. The, and that's the best way to respond. I mean, most people would be like, you know, I mean, just, just totally just break down and. That doesn't get you anywhere. Exactly. He needed help. He was obviously sick. He was limp in the bed. He could barely hold his head up. So mm. I just was anxious for what to do next. Right. Yeah. Right. Do what do what has to be done. Well, how did you um, tell Dominic's siblings? I mean, um, how did, that was around pretty, Christmas. It was that Christmas. Was, it, it was, was Christmas. the Wednesday before Christmas. Mm. So uh, I stayed in the hospital, and his father went and told them that we would be in the hospital for Christmas. We were going to stay for a few days until... Mm-hmm. We had a plan, and uh, that first Christmas was in the hospital. Was in I, the didn't, hospital. I didn't go home until no. th- a few days later. When was the first time home? Well, that was Thursday morning when we got into a room, and that is when uh, they first had to give him a blood transfusion because he was so weak he couldn't move his own legs. He was he's, his blood was pink. When they drew the blood in the ER, his blood was pink. He mm-hmm. had more white blood cells than red. It was just out of way out of proportion. Oh so Thursday morning they gave him blood and then they had to do a bone marrow aspiration to find out what kind of leukemia it was. So we were sure. still waiting for yes. an official diagnosis to know what the plan would be. Mm-hmm. So that was Thursday and that's when we found out what type of leukemia it was. Friday they started chemotherapy. Saturday was Christmas Eve. He was able to get out of the bed by himself for the first time. Sunday morning was Christmas morning, and we brought his siblings to the hospital to have Christmas in the Aww. hospital. And then he went home Tuesday, and then just started the routine back and forth, home to hospital, home to hospital. They took it the way we did. Oh, okay. He was sick. Now we know why. Okay. <laughs> it just happened. Right. It happens. Right. You remember the dates better than I do. I mean, I hear the stories. This isn't the first time I've told the story. Okay, I know the progression of how things happen. I just don't remember the days of the week. Yeah, well, you would remember those things. I would remember those things. Mothers do that. So, um, how has this experience, um, I know it has in our family, how has this experience uh, changed your daily life? It's first changed the routine that we had which was we were always homeschooled but he was going to a program every week with Mm -hmm. other students and he had to be pulled out of that Mm -hmm. unfortunately I had to keep teaching so that was the only minutes in the day that I actually left him during that first few months but after that it gave him something to do because I've always been a mom who got up in the morning and planned the day as I did it sure and he was a little boy who really desperately craved routine and I would never gave him enough so this gave us this forced me into a schedule this forced me into <laughs> knowing what we were going to do each day I had to tell him we had our plan for our doctor's visits we had our plan for the medication there was things that we had to do at certain times mm-hmm. and he actually appreciated that knowing what was going to happen from day to day to day and it forced me to learn how to organize mm-hmm. uh, that's more great. than I normally that's, that's did that's really good the hardest thing to remember is the year change because we were diagnosed in December, then the year changes in January, and then my birthday's in February. Right. So December, January, February, what year was I? It was, two, it was like I have 11 to, to 12. Because you have to count, count backwards. Christmas is, yeah. It was 2011, yes. and you were 12 years old. 12, okay. Right. <laughs> A little tricky. <laughs> it, it is. Okay, well, we're done with this segment. We'll get right back to you in a little bit. We're going to end this with the song, I Call Her Mama by Jared when he was 12 years old. We'll be right back. Don't go away. I, I call her mom. 
show that will keep you on the pulse of the fashion world. Our hosts are two teens who know fashion, and they have the inside look when it comes to fashion for our generation. Tune in to Fashion Forward on Voice America Kids. We'll discuss what's hot and what's not, the latest in fashion trends, things to look for on the horizon, and more. Fashion Forward is your weekly guide to what to wear today, tonight, this weekend, and this season. Tune in every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for Fashion Forward on the Voice America Kids channel. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of the mall and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. 
tune into Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. are listening to Purple Songs Can Fly on the Voice America Kids channel. To find out more about our program, please visit the website at purplesongscanfly.org. Now, back to our show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Purple Songs Can Fly program on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Dominic Davala. And I'm Emily Freeman. And we're back to our interview with my mother. We were just talking about... <coughs> <coughs> okay. We were just talking... You can keep that. Okay, we're just talking about. Okay, we're talking about my initial diagnosis and Texas Children's Hospital. Yes. So, um, what was your first impression of Texas Children's? Well, my first impression was with another child. I had had another mm-hmm. emergency surgery uh, with his younger sister. Um, it was actually an emergency tonsillectomy because oh. she had a blood clot. So I was familiar with Texas Children's. Mm -hmm. I knew that's where I wanted to be in an emergency. So when the doctor told me, get in the car, I thought it was the same doctor that told me to go straight to Texas Children's before. And so I knew, okay, this is where we need to be. In fact, uh, not being from Texas, I Mm -hmm. have often questioned the whys as to why I'm living in Houston, Texas, being from a small town. And on the way to the hospital, I just... Thanked God, okay, this is why we're here, because yes. we need Texas Children's. Yes. And so I knew that I was going to be in the right place. Right. And he was going to be well-treated. Mm. So after this, we'll go back to Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> no more excuses, right? That's the 16th birthday. That's what... Uh, you won't be finished with treatment on your 16th okay, birthday. We'll have okay. to wait a little while. <laughs> um, so can you share some experiences uh, that you had um, in the hospital that really stand out? Okay. Uh, good, bad. Good, bad. Whatever. Ugly, tiring, whatever. No. <laughs> no. I, at the, hosp- the actual hospital visits were, he had a lot of inpatient chemo at the beginning. They were planned, scheduled inpatient events. Yes. And, be- and it, because they were scheduled and because we knew that other children went through them every day and the nurses did this every day, we just sucked it up as part of the routine and what we had to do. Sure. And, uh. We don't get out much, so it was kind of like hotel visits. Uh-huh. Sometimes, okay, you know, okay. pack the bag. You know, we've got room service. Somebody else is changing the sheets. You know what? Yeah, that was actually the same for me. Yeah. That's how I felt about it. You know, I didn't feel like, oh, I'm going to the hospital because I, I just remember when I checked into the hotel. Uh, not the hotel room. <laughs> That's how it felt like. Whenever I checked into the hospital room, I'm like, this is great. It's like a little hotel. You have a sink and a, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yes. And on the the ninth floor where the oncology patients are, we have a a family room. So I could take a walk. I could get coffee. I could meet with other parents. I could, we could commiserate. We could rejoice together. We could get to know each other. So it was always a good experience to actually be in the hospital. Yes. Um, That reminds me that a lot of my friends, you met the parents first. In fact, you'll often introduce me to the person as, oh, you know her. She's the daughter of, and of course, the person that I've been parent. talking about for the last three weeks. <laughs> we're both in our separate rooms. Forgetting. We're not yeah. moving for a whole week, and you two meet each other. Right. 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 The parents are getting to know each other while the children are on lockdown. Mm. But uh, it's all good. Yes. Yes. Well, um, 
What were some of the hardest parts? Hardest um, parts. Or, you know, That's experiences. Okay. There were some difficult times. Those first, those first few weeks when uh, he was suddenly flooded with chemo yes. and sick and having nightmares and cold sweats and oh. panic attacks and that, just yeah. things. Oh, yeah, and they were physiological. Sense. He emotionally was holding up well to the whole discussion of the cancer, but the chemo affects the brain. It and does. there was a lot of times in those first few weeks where he would just, I, I didn't leave a side. I mean, we were, we were, we were side by side every, nearly every minute of the day, every day of the week right. for months. Um, so it was diff- I could see it was difficult for him, but because we had each other, it was just seemed to be the path that we were on together, and it was uh, it was all good. There was a there was a moment um, he had to have a particular chemotherapy called peg aspirogenes, mm-hmm. and when when they give you let me back up <laughs> when they were first diagnosed, <laughs> we get this packet, and it has a list of all the drugs they're going to put in your child's mm-hmm. body over the next three years. And sure. the list is long. And each drug then has its own page. Side effects. And it will have going to happen, might happen, eh, rare, but could happen. Mm-hmm. So we would, every time you get a drug, I'd look at it and say, okay, this is going to happen. Let's be prepared. Sure. What do we do? And we'd kind of check them off. Yep, that happened, that happened, that happened. His hair fell out. All these things happened. Mm-hmm. And then we got to peg aspirations, and it had it. This is going to happen. Oh, rare, but could happen. Okay. Well, we hit the jackpot with oh, the rare, but could happen. goodness. And uh, we... There's actually a story among the nurses. I was like the worst case. Dominic is now uh, the poster child for peg aspirations reactions mm-hmm. and how to handle them. We were all geared up. I knew I knew we were in a danger zone when they told me he could not receive the chemotherapy until I proved to them that I had two EpiPens for the ride home. And so we got him in the room, and I looked on the, the table, and there were already two EpiPens there next to his bed. Okay, we were prepared for something. And uh, the, his uh, practitioner said, it's not going to happen, not on my watch. He's going to be fine. Mm. Okay, we're good. So the nurse... You know, gives him a little pat and says, I'm going to start the chemo. I'm going to push a button. And if you feel like you're going to cough or have any other odd feelings, just let me know. She pushed the button and Dominic went, <coughs> like he was, he stopped breathing. Just oh like that. My. And he looked at me and he couldn't breathe and his face started turning blue and his lips puffed up and the nurse immediately turned it off. I kid you not, there were two drops. We watched two drops go into his veins. And he just... And he, he couldn't breathe. And he's trying to mouth the words, I can't breathe. Oh and so goodness. the nurse was wonderful. She is, well, she was, is, and always will be my favorite nurse on the planet. Mm. Uh, fact, took the EpiPen. Right. <laughs> we would like to give a shout out to her. There you go. I will yes. give a shout out to her later on. Okay. Um, that was That's Beth. Beth mm. on the 14th floor. Grabbed the EpiPen, counted one, two, three, and jammed him in the leg. Looked at me in the eye and said, Dominic, this is going, going to hurt. hurt. One, two, two three. Oh End of the leg. My. He couldn't yell because you need air to yell oh and he's not breathing. Goodness. So he, she ran out, yelled for the practitioner who ran into the room. Another nurse is running into the room. Next thing I know, there are five people at the door with a security guard, another EpiPen in the other leg. And then he looks at me and says... Through, he's starting to get a little bit of air. His lips are swollen, and he looks like he's going to swallow his tongue. But he says, 
this must be so hard on you, Mom. <laughs> he mouths this, and I'm just, I'm good. I'm breathing. <laughs> and you know, the nurses are laughing. Yeah, what are you going to say? So, trying to make a long story short, um, he starts to swallow his tongue. So the practitioner is holding his neck to keep him breathing as we're spinning the bed to get it out of the room. And he's able to say, feels like the room is spinning. And I grab his foot and I said, honey, just enjoy it. Some people pay extra for that. Enjoy the ride. <laughs> oh, no. The nurse practitioner. practitioner is laughing her head off and we are rushing down the hall to the ER to the trauma room. Oh, it's fine. A story. Top shelf. Oh, okay. my goodness. We'll be right back. You want to wrap this up? Sure. <laughs> We're going to wrap this segment up with a song by Leslie, who was 16 years old when she wrote it. Um... And it is called Being Invincible. Enjoy. Waking up to the sun shining. I know it's gonna be a good day. I walk outside, feel the cool breeze blowing. And forget about yesterday. I'm feeling good. Better than usual I have the support Of the people around me I know they care I know they love me I'm floating on air Being invincible I hope this feeling Will last a while and the rough times won't get me down But if they do, I know the support Will always be around I'm feeling good, better than usual I have the support of the people around me I know they care I know they love me I'm floating on air Being invincible I'm feeling good Better than usual I have the support Of the people around me I know they care I know they love me I'm floating on air Being invincible I'm floating on air, being invincible. I'm floating on air, being invincible. Every week for the Paper Hope Street Team. None of our topics are off the table. This is a program that you can listen to and discuss with your family. From the pages of the Paper Hope blog to the internet radio airwaves, we'll talk about the topics you want to talk about, such as friendship and relationships, or some more controversial issues about sex, drugs, and underage drinking. Join the Paper Hope Street Team live every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Kids channel. Let's talk soon. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. What about the world concerns you? Is it future success? Is it world issues? Are you just looking to change the world in general? 
Tune in to What Up World. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, or what you look like. Everyone is entitled to the same chance for success. Follow your dreams. Move forward. Make a difference. Tune in to What Up World every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Looking for a show about your favorite movies, stars, and DVD releases? Get ready for Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Your hosts, all eight of them, have been selected by Kids First as film critics through a national competition. Each week, they will preview new movies before you see them, walk the red carpet with the stars, and will review the latest DVDs. Our hosts range from ages 7 to 14 to give you a wider kids' perspective. Kids First Coming Attractions is heard every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Kids. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Real kids, real talk radio. You are listening to Purple Songs Can Fly on the Voice America Kids channel. To find out more about our program, please visit the website at purplesongscanfly.org. Now, back to our show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Purple Songs Can Fly show on Voice America Kids. We are talking with Linda Dabala, uh, Dominic's mom, and uh, we will continue the interview. So, um, do you have any other um, inspirational stories or experiences, maybe with nurses or whatever? Or with Dominic's hospitalizations. Okay. I don't know how inspirational it is, but Mm. uh, there's a few things I could talk about. Um, Mostly true. (laughs) Mostly true. true. And a lot of it's still funny. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like when 12-year-old Dominic had gotten used to the idea of having leukemia. And he's in the hospital just bed. Just barely used to barely it. Barely used to it, right? The doctors mm. had just diagnosed, and he would think he was still waiting for his um, final diagnosis of what type of leukemia he Rath had. bone marrow. Yeah. Around that same time. Right. Sure. sure. And uh, we'd been using the word leukemia over and over and over again. That was sinking in. And one of the doctors, in a sentence, slipped out the word cancer. And Dominic's head picked up, and he looked at everybody in the room and said, I have cancer, too! <laughs> Oh, and no. so I was like, I had to start over again. It's like, oh, baby, uh, leukemia is cancer, so you have cancer. No. And then he just said, oh, okay. Okay. Okay, I can do this. <laughs> and then uh, a few days later, it was, be- it was before Christmas, and the- we had gotten the diagnosis, we would gotten the prognosis, we mm-hmm. had been told what what his odds were and what the plan was going to be vaguely. We didn't get the fine, you know, what type of chemo was going to go through and other sure. the, the sign on the dotted line, but mm-hmm. a vague prognosis. And we were alone in the hospital room, 
And he looked me square in the eye, and he asked if he was going to be okay. He said, Mom, am I going to be okay? Am I going to be all right? And uh, I looked him square in the eye, and I said, the doctors say that with this chemotherapy, what they expect, you have an 80 to 90% chance of surviving this, getting through it. And then I asked him, are you afraid to die? And he thought about that, and he just said, no, I'm not. And I said, well, then you're going to be okay no matter what, aren't you? Mm. And he said, well, yeah, I guess so. I said, well, okay, then let's do this. Wow. And that was that. That was the last that chance. Was that. that was the last talk we had about therapy and dying and chances and odds and all of that until we had the whole uh, anaphylactic shock and he's mm. not breathing. Wow. But even at that moment, I could tell in his eyes, we never lost eye contact. I was at the foot of the bed holding onto his foot, letting him know I was there. And uh, he said goodbye to me. Right then, he thought he was, that was it, and uh, he was still smiling. It was really kind of weird, but, you know, I smiled back. I let him know I wasn't going anywhere, and we were going to get through it. I had every confidence in the doctor. Uh, Jelaine is his practitioner. We just love her, mm. and she's honest with us, so we know that if we have questions or problems, we're going to get a straight answer. Yes. And, again, our, our favorite nurse was there holding on. Mm. We had a good and team. We had a great team, and we were working together, we were communicating, and... I had every confidence that he was going to be okay and that uh, he was ready for whatever. Right. Hmm. That is awesome. I mean, Texas Children's is amazing. Amazing. Definitely. I, I, I love it. I love it. So, um, how did you become aware of Purple Songs Can Fly, the project? But I um, song. How Anita was I walking past and I saw the window? I don't know. I actually don't remember. Um, <laughs> we didn't have an inpatient visit, but there were two other people that are no longer here. Okay. You know what? I think it was I watched Aaron walking around, and so here was this young man with the oh. skinny jeans and the long hair and the guitar on his back, and I'm thinking, whoa, this was like something's happening here because you don't always see that in a chemo clinic. And I think I, we followed him, basically. I said, what's, what's, where are you going and what's going on? And he led us here. And uh, Dominic was, it was just the winter. first He's couple of months. Yeah, it was, it was that first winter. And Dominic's always been interested, not always been, since his diagnosis around that. Well, around that time, he started getting yeah. interested in uh, Japan and oh. the, the language and the art. And so not really motivated to sing mm. he wrote a haiku with oh that's Anita, awesome that's and, awesome uh, i'm really proud of him and so he said his haiku and that was before his voice started changing so it was uh, such a cute little voice now i'm embarrassing him well yeah. now that is actually how i discovered purple songs can fly aaron was walking around with a guitar uh asking kids to sing uh you know come write a song and a lot of them were, I guess, intimidated, and yeah. they were just, you know, turning them down. It's like, you know what? I'm, I'm good. They're looking at their parents like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> so that strange guy scary. walking around. But um, I was a dancer for nine years, a mm -hmm. performer. I love being on stage, and I would never guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so when he came over and asked me, I jumped at the chance. I'm like, sure. of course. And so that's how I, w I jumped into Purple Songs. So that's really neat. That's really neat. It's a blessing. Mm, it certainly is. So what was Dominic's first Purple Song? 
it was about haikus and we're actually going to end this segment with it so without further ado about haikus by dominic Duvalo when he was 12 years old we'll be back right after this don't go away enjoy birds fly in the sky oblivious to our life i'd like to join them a delicious cake made with the best recipe i want to eat it haikus i'm surprised they've been around for so long without a rhyme to move them along without a rhyme to move them along haikus i'm surprised they've been around for so long without a rhyme to move them along without a rhyme to move them along Fists swim in the sea, eating or being eaten, a dangerous life. A Japanese poem, ancient but very alive, syllables matter. Haikus, I'm surprised they've lasted so long, without a rhyme to move them along, without a rhyme to move them along. Haikus, I'm surprised they've been around for so long Without a rhyme to move them along Without a rhyme to move them along Except this one from Avatar The Last Airbender to end my song My name is Sokka, it's pronounced with an Aka Ladies, I rock ya. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. What's cooking? Join Kid Chef Eliana for Cool Kids Cook. Eliana is one of the youngest published cookbook authors and will show you that there are all kinds of goodness in food beyond the chicken nuggets and fries. On our show, we'll discover cuisine from around the world, learn some great cooking techniques, speak with some of the world's top chefs, and share recipes. Kid Chef Eliana is here for you on Cool Kids Cook every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Bon appetit! Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. are listening to Purple Songs Can Fly on the Voice America Kids channel. To find out more about our program, please visit the website at purplesongscanfly.org. Now, back to our show. Welcome back to Purple Songs Can Fly on the Voice America Kids channel. My name is Emily Freeman. I'm Dominic Duvala. And we are interviewing Linda Duvala, who is Dominic's mother. So, we'll, we'll um, continue 
Um, so, um, we actually picked her name out of a hat, and it just turned out that she was my mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you know? But that's how we come up with the people we interview. Yes. <laughs> look in the phone book and call them up. And I just got lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It just yeah. happened to be Dominic's mother. <laughs> so, how has this experience um, changed your outlook? On life in general? On life in general you know, and, three years and in situations. General That's just, it's been three years. So my outlook has definitely changed. Yes. I don't know how much of it is because my son has cancer or because we've moved or because uh, it's been three years and you grow and mature in three years mm-hmm. whether you're going through a crisis or not. But I do think a crisis definitely gives you the kick in the pants that you sometimes need to grow. Right. And this is definitely was you know it was a traumatic experience. It wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't tragic for us, mm-hmm. thank God. But yes. there's a lot of drama, and you grow and you learn. Uh, just recently, I've been doing a lot of thinking about going to rewind, rewind. Mm-hmm. What point in your life do you go back and wish things would be differently? You do differently, or different things would happen, and you wish you could do this or do that, and wish you had a different story to tell. Mm-hmm. But recently, I've really noticed good things even in the bad things yes and you go through life thanking God for every little good thing yes every little moment that's good you thank God and my new outlook so Mm -hmm. to speak Mm -hmm. how I've changed yes is that now I think thank God for the bad things too exactly and because they got us to this place and this place is pretty good I like it and in each difficult thing that we face that's where we mature. Mm-hmm. That's how we grow. That's how exactly. we learn. And that's how we meet some really great people. Yes. yes. So that's been good. I think that it's forced me. We were talking about creativity earlier during the break, and I think it's forced me to be more creative. I have uh, four other children at home. I had five other children when he was diagnosed, but one has grown up and moved out. Mm-hmm. And so I've been juggling, okay, mom, a homeschool teacher, and mm-hmm. getting him to clinic and sure. trying to find people to babysit if another child sure. has... My, my, I, I have to say this. Uh, my <coughs> second oldest child, who's 18, mm-hmm. is... She's amazing. She could mm-hmm. interview her and, and she'd <laughs> blow your socks off. But family dynamics really had to change when mom had to be with Dominic 24-7. So this older daughter kicked into gear and became mom number two. Took care of the other children. They learned that they needed to respect her. They need. They learned they needed to obey her, yes. and she knew. She learned new ways of being gentle. She learned new ways of taking care of them. She lost a year of school because uh, she had to do these things. Right. She's learning how to thank. She's she's actually teaching me. She's amazing. Mm. But the children are teaching me how you adjust and you grow through through the drama and. But again, was this because he had cancer, or is it just because, you know, three years have passed, and as a family, we've had to adjust to a lot of changes? We don't know, but I think it's, right. I think we're good. <laughs> <laughs> we have our moments. Right. We have our moments. We all do. But exactly, we and that's the thing. He's, he's a 15-year-old boy. He's almost 16, and he's on steroids every weekend. So, you know, you tell me, is it when we have issues at home, is it because he has cancer? Is it because he's on chemo? Is it because he's just 15 and he's a boy with a 13-year-old sister? There's a combination right there that could be toxic. Right. But, or, you know, we have we notice when he's on steroids and we kind of have to say, okay, okay, the chemo's getting to him, kids, just back mm-hmm. off, give him some space. But then they have to learn 
to adjust. I've learned too. But he has to learn because he can't take advantage of his siblings just because no, he's on drugs. I've learned right. how to walk right. outside. He's learned how. I've spent, I've spent lots of steroid weekends outside. Outside. Oh, outside. Because well, for so much, it's all about Dominic. And you know what? Everybody else kind of gets tired of that. Mm-hmm. It's got to be about somebody else sometimes. Right. And I have had to really bend. Okay. Yes, Dominic's going through something, but I have other children that really yeah. need to know that they're, they're growing. Too. They're important too, and they're changing yes. and they're growing. Yes. And I don't, you know, it's right. easy to miss that. Right. But, mm. Wow. Well, um, what have you learned about yourself that maybe you wouldn't have learned otherwise? Kind of just covered that. I mean, it was kind of tied in, but. I, 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 people tell me I'm strong. I think from the outside they look and they think, oh, wow, you're doing this by yourself. You've got all these children. You're homeschooling. And inside, I don't feel so strong. Mm. And I, I learned a lot of things about myself that I didn't like, mm. honestly. I mean, I really I feel like I was on a microscope because everybody's looking at you when you're in the spotlight with a child in treatment. And I was noticing things about myself that I didn't like. Mm. Um, it was easy to get... It was easy to get resentful. Not not yes. about my child having cancer. Right. When uh, there wasn't a meal on the table for a week because I couldn't cook because I'm with him and there's nobody cooking. And there's so many people that will say, how can I help? I don't know. I'm weak. Yeah. I can't even answer that question. Right. And, it, and then I didn't like my reaction. Mm-hmm. So I really had to mature. I mean, I'm in my 40s and I sometimes felt like I was 18 trying to learn how to be a grown-up mm-hmm. emotionally. And... So now, like I said before, I'm learning to, to be thankful for those times so that I can rise above that. I can be yes. stronger. Yes. And I think he, the first two and a half years of his treatment, when it was really bad and he was really sick, didn't always like myself because I didn't like my reactions to the world sometimes. Mm-hmm. But now, uh, going through it, I am... I don't want to say I'm thankful my son had cancer. I mean, I never want to sound right. like, yay, we have cancer. Right. That's not a good thing. But, but I, I, thank- I find myself almost saying that a lot, but it's not quite the right way to put no, it. It's not the way thankful, to put it. But, but thankful that what you've learned yes, and, and what it happened come. when it happened yes. and we were able to get through it. Uh, he's, Same here. He's a, I always knew he was strong. He actually told me at the beginning, because Dominic was a, a pretty special guy anyway. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people asked me, because he was never in any trouble. He was always obedient. He's always good. And I was asked by some other moms, why Dominic? Why does this happen to, happen mm. to Dominic? And I, I never asked that because I thought, why not? I mean, it happens to children every day. Right. Who are we to right. think it's not going to happen to us? Yes. But he actually answered the question. He looked at me and said, you know, people keep asking why it's happened to me. And he said, but it's happening to me and I can take it. I can do this. Yeah. So I actually learned how strong he was. And that's, that, that's, that's a good thing. Wow. Wow. That's that's really neat. Well, that was a good episode. I didn't talk much. Listening, <laughs> sorry about that, but I think yeah, that's it. We covered a lot. It was good having you here. Right. You're getting rid of me now? No, no. I have another question. Okay. I do. Emily has more questions. You be quiet. Okay. <laughs> Emily, I you Emily and I will talk. I love just you, Dominic. Just sit and be strong. Just okay. be quiet. <laughs> if you could give some advice. To other moms, dads, grandparents, or even the kids that are going through challenges with cancer, not even cancer, but other diagnoses, what would be your advice? 
Well, I would give different advice to the oh, I'm sure. to different people. I'm sure. I think it's depending on their walk. I one thing I would say to um, it, it sounds harsh. I could never say this to another parent, but one thing I've learned <laughs> to myself is that it's not about me. Mm. It's just not. It's not about me, and none of this ever was. It, it just he told me from the get go that when he heard the diagnosis. That's when he found out what his walk was going to be. Okay, there, there's where we go. That's my walk that mm-hmm. I've been given. Yes. My walk is different. I was not diagnosed with cancer. I have something else. But whatever it is, it's going to be next to his. And mm-hmm. it's, you, you've got to find your own, your own steps through this. Whether you're a grandparent or a parent or a sibling, your walk is not the cancer walk. That's the patient. Yes. So you have to find out where you're going. How are you going to grow? Make it about, you know, you, I hate to say you have to be strong because, you know, you're a parent. You might not be strong. Mm-hmm. But reach out for this. Find the strong people and cling to them. Find the people who are willing to help and take their help. Let them help. Mm-hmm. And, again, like I said, it's, it's not about me. And I've had to find how am I growing through this while I'm his mother because he's the one with cancer and I have to make sure he gets to adulthood in the best way I can and I'm not in control. That was huge for me because we've always had a very natural, holistic lifestyle with Mm -hmm. food and health. Um, We ate right. We got organic foods. We didn't have the sugar. We didn't eat stuff out of a box. I made homemade food and my son got cancer. Right. I'm not in control. There's just only so much I can do. Exactly. And I, like I said before, we go to the doctor when someone's bleeding or someone's Mm. unconscious or can't walk. So for me to have to take my child to the hospital and the team of doctors say, this is what we're going to do. Not what would you like us to do, but this This is what we're going to do. do. And here, sign this. Mm. I had to give up complete control. I had to give it up. Right. And... That was very difficult for me to say, okay, my child is in your hands. Just tell me what to do, and I will do it. And we are doing it. But and ultimately... God's in control. Amen. <laughs> I was about to say, in whose hands... Yeah. And you can do... All you do what you can do. And I haven't... I mean, I still say, what can I do? You know, I make sure he's still eating right. They tell yes. me, let him eat what he wants. No, I'm going to make no. sure that I take control. I'm still, I'm still mama. Right. <laughs> and until he's out of my house, I'm going to be that mama. So. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Well, this was a beautiful interview. I want to thank you so much for being here with us. Well, thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you, Mom. <laughs> and we're going to finish up this show. By a song by Jaria, um, nine years old, and it's called My Mom is the Best Mom in the Whole Wide World. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for listening. See you listening. next time. Bye. I want to tell her how much I love
Listening to Purple Songs Can Fly. We'll see you again next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids channel. And remember, for more information about the Purple Songs Can Fly project, visit www.purplesongscanfly.org. We'll be back with more music next week. Now from the Kidstar album of the month, here is the Wiz Pops and their song, Manatee.
shallow sea The only place to be A manatee Album of the month. 